Hey, welcome back to the Real Estate of Life with Kevin Rouse and friends. We have part two. I think that's two, right? Part two with Nancy uh, Sarnoff, the real estate writer for the Houston Chronicle. We're going to talk about the top three things that she's covered over the last 12 years with her time at the Houston Chronicle and just get some interesting perspective uh, from her vantage point. So, DJ, hit that music, please. Support for this program comes from the Digital Broadcasting Network, presenting podcasts and web series from everyday people who have an extraordinary passion to make the world a better place. Hey, welcome back to another week of The Real Estate of Life with Kevin Riles. This is your host, Kevin Riles, and I am, it's Kevin Riles and Friends, and I still have my friend. She stayed a whole week <laughs> to take this second episode of our, our exclusive with Nancy Sarnoff, The Real Estate Yoda. She is here. She's also, other than being The Real Estate Yoda, she is the Houston Chronicle uh, real estate uh, writer. So thank you for sleeping over for uh, a yeah, you know, whole wore week. Yeah, I the same clothes <laughs> and everything. Me too. I Me know. too. It's amazing, man, how, how that happens. And so uh, part two of our uh, podcast with Nancy Sarnoff, and again, I want to thank you uh, for taking this time out to. Uh, this whole week and an hour uh, that you yeah, spent with us. You are so welcome. <laughs> I, yeah, this has been a long week. A long week, long week. I mean, you I've know, just, a lot. yeah, I'll tell y'all stories later on the next podcast as far as, you know, you know, the water, we had to share water. It's, it's a long, long story. Anyway, uh, so we left off last week with uh, me uh, trying to do a cliffhanger, kind of like, you know, old Dallas days, like who shot JR and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and the cliffhanger was uh, kind of the top three uh, most interesting, what you found mm-hmm. of the most interesting or dynamic or, uh, you know, CSI like, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm adding words, stories that you've covered over the, your 12 years uh, mm-hmm. with the uh, with the Chronicle. So mm-hmm. I said top three, if it's one or two or if it's five, it doesn't matter. But yeah. uh, just kind of some of the things that, you, that you've thought to be most interesting as, as, as you've covered the mm-hmm. real estate in Houston. Well, I, I think I need to start number one with Hurricane Harvey. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. Um, and obviously that was something that none of us had really been through before. Mm-hmm. And the stories that came after that were uh, really powerful mm-hmm. and they're still being told. And, but you know, this, what happened to the city and mm-hmm. what's happened in the past year. Um, I, when you, when you asked me last time, kind of the biggest changes at the paper, mm-hmm. I feel like I have never been as busy as uh, a beat reporter covering real estate in Houston, Texas than I am now. And part of it is because I do a podcast once a week and Mm -hmm. that takes a a good bit of time, but um, it's also because of the hurricane. Mm -hmm. So after Hurricane Harvey, not only did I have, you know, kind of my regular beat stories to cover, Mm -hmm. there were so many stories that needed to be told about housing and about neighborhoods Mm -hmm. and about people and about their their um their insurance mm-hmm. and the ones that didn't have insurance mm-hmm. and what they were doing with their homes and mm-hmm. if they were um becoming homeless mm-hmm. and you know and this was um a, a, a newspaper wide effort everyone right. has been writing about harvey right for the past year from, from business to sports from, to exactly to the metro exactly. desk all stuff, right. and it continues right. um so it that has been, you know, I've, I've never learned as much and, um, it's just, there's, there's still so much mm-hmm. to cover. Mm-hmm. Houston, you know, ha- has the past 10 years. I mean, I think I have somewhat of a unique perspective cause I have mm-hmm. lived here most mm-hmm. of my life. Right. And so, um, I, I mean, I didn't really 
start paying that much attention to development and growth mm -hmm. until, you know, I was older, but there's been so much change, whether it's downtown and mm -hmm. neighborhoods mm -hmm. gentrifying and suburbs expanding and, you know, people driving 70 miles to mm -hmm. get to get right. to work. Right. Um, and now with Harvey, it's sort of having, it's like we're having to reevaluate everything. Yeah. So, so in, in with Harvey being one of your, your top, so you've lived here and now worked in, if I'm doing the math right, you would have been working at the Chronicle during Ike. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, and uh, Allison might have been pre, pre. It was, yeah. yes. It, yeah. I, I was, um, I was at the Houston Business Journal. Business Journal. Okay. So Ike versus Harvey from a, from a coverage standpoint, because Ike, um, to me, from a real estate standpoint, I had I had personal property in Galveston, and mm -hmm. Galveston was like ground zero for Ike. Mm -hmm. uh, not that it didn't have an effect on Houston, but Galveston was like, I've never seen anything. It looked like a war zone, uh, just like yeah. Harvey made parts of Houston look. Right. Um, yeah, I remember going to visit Galveston because I have a good friend who lives there, yeah. and she works for the paper there. And I remember the first time I went back, and it was a, a while after Ike. And the place, it was so sad. It was sad. Uh, um, I got on the island like a month. No, they let us on three three weeks to a month afterwards. I have a pro I had a property on the Strand, mm. personal investment property, mm -hmm. uh, which is my worst real estate mistake. So if you guys ever go back to listen to my um, podcast, I have a podcast called "The Worst Real Estate Mistake I Ever Made," and oh. that is that is it. So uh, um, so, uh, but with that being said, from your perspective, in covering. Um, Ike versus Harvey, um, was there a huge, was there, a di is there a difference? I know Ike, I mean, Harvey was a much bigger storm, mm -hmm. uh, but um, based on it being one of your top three, uh, mm -hmm. I would assume that there are some marked differences between Harvey and Ike from your perspective. Yeah, I'm trying to, um, I'm trying to remember back to Ike. Um, it's 08. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, it was um, it was definitely more of a concern in the coast the coastal, coastal area, yeah. areas, right. and so there just wasn't um, you know the 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 damage if I remember correctly mm -hmm. to the you know to the west side of town, and it was more wind, and mm -hmm. it was I remember the power was out mm -hmm. for yes. weeks, yes. and um, I thought that was going to be the worst to be honest with you, yeah, Harvey. As I was telling someone, I went to a conference uh, recently, and uh, oh, you're from Houston, Harvey, you know, I'll, like especially right after the storm, I was traveling a little bit for real estate stuff, and people were like, oh, how, you know, how's everything going? Mm -hmm. And I told Har I told my my basic line was to start with was Harvey came for everybody. Yeah. There was no respecter of neighborhood, no exactly. respect of race, no respecter of income. When right. you see the former mayor dragging his stuff in a trash bag out of his memorial home on TV. Yeah. Um, it, 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 Harvey, Harvey didn't have a, a, you know what, I think I'm just going to hit this uh, neighborhood. Right. I live in Siena Plantation out in Missouri City. We had a, so not only do we have Harvey, um, but we had a tornado that hit our neighborhood block from my house, tore oh my roof my up. Oh my gosh. Uh, so, um, and then we have a, a section in Siena called Vucare, which is kind of a New Orleans themed uh -huh. uh, section. Destroyed it. Like, yeah. you know, uh, destroyed it. So, Everybody has a Harvey story. I don't know that, yeah. and I'm not saying everybody didn't have Ike's story, but I just, I, I, I would guess, this is Kevin's opinion, uh, that everybody's Harvey story is a tad bit more serious and different yep. than their Ike story, yep. at least inside of Houston. Yeah. At least inside of Houston. Yeah, and, and for me, um, I, I have a, a different perspective looking mm -hmm. at Harvey because 
um, we were staying downtown mm. at the Marriott Marquis. Okay. Um, because my my spouse's company had okay. us stay there okay. because he works downtown and they wanted to be sure people could get gotcha. to the office. Gotcha. Well, even though the we stayed downtown new, and his office was downtown, right. no one could get to the office after Harvey and um, and they ended up setting up shop there in the hotel. Mm-hmm. But um, on on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. After Harvey, I guess, really came to came for Houston on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Sunday morning, I was at the Marriott Marquis, mm-hmm. and the night before happened, and it was devastating. Mm-hmm. And the mayor opened up the shelter at the George R. Brown Convention mm-hmm. Center, and so my editor sent a note to the whole staff saying, mm-hmm. "Can anyone get to the convention center? There's going to be a shelter." Mm-hmm. And I was looking right at it. Wow. And it's right there. there was yeah. one other guy who mm-hmm. lived downtown, mm-hmm. but no one else could get there mm-hmm. except for me and to walk across this other guy. Yeah. So I walked across the street and I spent the next three days mm-hmm. at the convention center mm-hmm. seeing the the thousands and thousands of people coming in wow. that had lost everything. And, um, m- you know, mostly these were, there were middle, you know, there were middle income mm-hmm. people there. But this is mostly people that didn't have a lot of means mm-hmm. and lower socioeconomic status, and, right? Yeah. And so, and just and homeless people. Mm-hmm. I remember the first day walking up and and I was at talking to a guy and he was like, "You don't look like you you got flooded." And I was like, "No, I'm here as a reporter." Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, "What about you?" And he's like, "I live on the streets and mm-hmm. I couldn't take the rain one more one more day." Wow. And so it was just um, as. I'd never seen anything like that right. before, and um, and then seeing kind of the 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 volunteers that came through right. and that whole thing. It that was just a some I, of them brave, dangerous conditions to come volunteer. Yeah, I, I was, yeah. I was and just well. the there were. I mean, I remember there were rumors going around at the convention center that they weren't taking any more supplies mm-hmm. because there were so many people, but that were bringing things, mm-hmm. but that you know that really wasn't the case, okay. and so it was just I don't know, and, and that's not really. The, the real estate mm-hmm. story, it's more of the people story. Yeah, no, it's, it's and, I mean, and to be able wrapped to, around the real estate as far as getting flooded out. And, right, yeah, right. Yeah. And, you know, and so now just kind of looking at how neighborhoods ha- are changing mm-hmm. and have changed, like mm-hmm. neighborhoods on the west side, Bear Creek, and, mm-hmm. um, and some of those areas where every house flooded, or almost mm-hmm. every house flooded. Mm-hmm. People did not have insurance. Mm-hmm. They lived in the reservoir, and they mm-hmm. did not have insurance because they weren't required to, because mm-hmm. they didn't know. Right. And um, and those whole neighborhoods are changing, as you probably know better than anyone. Yeah. Foreclosures and rentals and investors. And it's still going on. People think that you know. Uh, so we had a lot. Of, I had a lot of calls to the office about uh, kind of the uh, the folks that come in after a storm, and especially after floods, and they want to buy properties that you know pennies on the, the mm-hmm. investor folks yeah and I, I, I you know i've had calls literally like i just want if it's flooded i don't want anything you know i want or it's damaged from the yep. storm um you know trying to kind of um bottom hunt uh and not realizing because uh, i you know I, I do real estate with a heart and, and mm-hmm. what i mean by that is because i grew up on the foreclosure you know we were talking off camera yeah. about i started off selling a lot of foreclosures and became known for that i've had to knock on someone's door uh, representing the bank and say Hey, you know, uh, here's your cash for keys, and so I have a perspective of loss in doing uh, what I do, and so 
that's not a lot of the real estate that I tend to do when mm-hmm. I'm like, ooh, let me call and knock on doors and see if people have lost their house. Not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's just not mm-hmm. who I am. But with that being said, yeah, that whole west side, um, uh, I guess what, east of the um, the reservoir, uh, you know, going east, I should say, mm-hmm. um, I mean, devast- like, devastating. I've sold homes, you know, in my residential days all up and down. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, it was just like, and I remember there's a neighborhood and I can't remember the exact name of it right at I 10 on highway six. Um, and it, I want to say it was a week, maybe a week and a half after the storm where everybody's trying to get back up and running. And it still was underwater. Underwater. Yeah. It still was underwater. Yep. Uh, and I was like, man, you know, I just never, I knew the reservoir was there cause I've passed by it a million times. Mm-hmm. I've sold property around right. it, right. but I never, I guess I never, until I saw this, understood its, I guess really understood its true purpose mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and how, you know, uh, and then the whole controversy around whether they should have opened it up yeah. or not. Uh, I know, I think you covered that uh, as well, or Chronicle covered it. Yeah. Uh, so, and that's still going on, lawsuits. And I mean, it's, it's, it's I think um, from my vantage point, Houston has realized how serious um, flooding and how development you know, not only with the new development guidelines where you have to be four feet up and, and things of that nature, mm-hmm. but how uh, we, I don't think, have taken as serious these floodways and things of that nature where, hey, let me, if I put a, a berm up, you know, then I'm mm-hmm. good. Well, are you? You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know that's dangerous. Yeah. Uh, and I live behind one, by the way. I, we had to, For Siena, we had to be out of Siena for a week. Um, wow. because they were concerned about um, the levee breaking, uh-huh. you know, just uh-huh. like in New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, and so, because I mean, if it broke, we basically live in a bowl, right? right. And I, li- I did find out, it's amazing how many people become civil engineers uh, <laughs> during a storm. I did find out that I live in the highest point of Siena, okay. but I also found out that the way Siena is designed uh, is designed for to drain towards my section, right? Wow. And so that's why I couldn't get to our, our, our house because uh, of where we lived in the neighborhood. So I say all that to say, uh, if that was your most, uh, you know, it sounds like that was one of your most important stories because of the people part more so, uh, or in addition to the, the real estate. Yeah. And yeah. it's just a story that's, that's gonna, it's gonna be a story with for, us for a minute, right? Yeah. yeah. For, I mean, it's yeah. still, there's still Hurricane Katrina stories coming oh, out of, exactly. you know, and it's been exactly. what, almost 20 years. So yeah. 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 So I feel like it fundamentally changed the city in certain ways. Yeah. And, you know, and yeah, like neighborhoods, yeah. Well, neighborhoods are changing. And people's value. Like I think about people that are retired, that have a majority of their, um, a lot of people don't prepare for retirement. You know, uh-huh. you and I were yeah. talking, kind of talking yeah. about, you know, wills and stuff <laughs> right. after, um, before we started. Uh, a lot of people, their equity in their home is their retirement. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And they lost it they all. Lost it all. And they didn't have flood insurance because yeah. most people that got flooded did not have so, flood insurance. So I'm going to take this opportunity right now to look at the camera and tell you and put my hand up and say, hi, my name is Kevin. I'm a real estate broker of 20 years as of next month, and I did not have flood insurance. Mm. And how many times have I told my clients, you must get flood insurance? I did not have flood insurance. I did not have flood insurance. Really? The real estate reporter for the Houston <laughs> real estate Chronicle yeah. <laughs> did not have flood insurance. Really? Yep. I have it now, by the way. Yeah. I have it now, too. <laughs> so, but you just, I'm not in the flood zone, right? right? I'm right. not in the flood zone. Why right. do I need flood why, insurance? Why in the world would I need it? Guess um, that was the best $425 I, I spent. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And if I get flooded, you know. And this oh, is somebody on. that had been flooded. So I got 17 feet of water in, in Ike, in Galveston. Okay. All right. So I knew the power flood insurance because that's that's the only claim that paid 
when I got. And so even with that experience, because I, but I was in a flood zone, so I was required to get it mm-hmm. uh, in Galveston. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't have it. So so your house was in this tornado. Was your was your house underwater? Also? No, no, it was not underwater. The water okay. came up kind uh, of kind of midways in our yard. Okay. We're in a corner lot. Uh, and so uh, we just couldn't get to our, no one could get to their house. Right. Our streets were rivers. Yeah. Uh, but the river never crested to our house because we I realized how high. Um, it's ironic. I just had fixed my um, my driveway because when people would back out of my driveway, it would scrape the front of their car. Uh-huh, and my uh-huh. wife was like, "You know, that's nobody was gonna ever come in our house. They're <laughs> <laughs> gonna mess up their their." And I just got a cement guy to fix that. Uh-huh. And I was like, "Man, our house, our house is high." Well, the reason it's high is, I guess, the engineering when they built that section was like, "Hey, we need to put it up a certain amount." So, and I did not have an issue. It came up a little bit past the sidewalk. Okay. Uh, so our damage came from the tornado, not from okay. from from well, t- tornado and rain damage from uh, uh, the, the that being happening, but not mm-hmm. uh, not from flooding. But there are some houses uh, in Siena that flooded uh, towards the back, where really kind of in the floodway mm-hmm. uh, uh, area. Mm-hmm. The floodway thing is, is is to me the biggest revelation for me personally as a real estate practitioner uh, that uh, you know, we have so much development in the floodway. Right. Right. And I, I, don't, I didn't even know what a floodway was before the storm. Yeah. No, I mean. Right. So there's the flood zone and then there's the basically the tributary just past the flood zone right. where you, it's kind of overflow. Yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, we have a significant amount of development in that Floodway, yeah, and the especially flood, on the west side. Yeah, and the flood pool. pool? I didn't know yeah, about that. Yeah, exactly, either. exactly. And uh, yeah, ton ton of housing yeah. was built in the flood pool. Basically. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, I always tell people we have plenty of land in Texas and we can continue to build, but maybe not so much uh, right. <laughs> right. where we should be uh, 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 building. So, um, so Hurricane Harvey was one story. Mm-hmm. Um, any other stories that that come to mind that you know you find particularly uh, interesting for you know uh, if you were writing your uh, real estate, you're the memoir, uh-huh. you know, uh, that you would put in the book. Um, I, I would definitely have to say the Ashby High Rise. Oh yeah, okay. Because that's Good a big drama. commercial real yeah. real estate story that yeah. that last that is still still going still on, right? ongoing. Think, right? So yeah. ten years. Um, and for those of you plus, people that might not be familiar with that, yeah. can you give them just a reader's digest? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so the Ashby High Rise is a, a proposed residential Mm high-rise in um, the Southampton Boulevard Oaks area near Rice University. Mm -hmm. And um, the developers announced it, proposed it, and um, the neighborhood started fighting. It became um, a years-long battle between Mm -hmm. the developers and the city and the neighborhood. There were lawsuits, there were permits filed, and Mm -hmm. then approved and then declined and big lawsuits Mm -hmm. money won then Mm -hmm. lost i mean it it was that's something that i could probably write a book about yeah um because there were so many twists and turns to that story Mm -hmm. and the the developers still own the site Mm -hmm. i was wondering i was about to ask you what's going on now yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) they still own the property Mm -hmm. there are still signs i mean it kind of became known for this um, yellow, these yellow and black mm-hmm. signs that everyone put in the name. On, on the uh, bumper stickers. Oh my it was, gosh! It was, I mean, stickers. the marketing behind the the, the resistance marketing was. A, they did a really good job on uh, on the marketing. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean those are those images are iconic right. now. In fact, and I talk about it in one of one of my podcasts. Mm-hmm. We interviewed the developers of the Ashby oh, High okay. Rise. I, yeah, I, and I, that was a two part episode. That was a really good one. Right, looped in, looped so, in, uh, looped in yeah. podcast, yeah. <laughs> looped in. Houston yeah, yeah, Chronicle podcast, right. all about real estate. Right. Um, and uh, so. 
yeah, I remember talking about the, you know, what happened. And I remember going around that time, going to a Halloween party and someone was dressed up as the Ashby High Rise. <laughs> so it, it just became a part of the culture here. And, um, and oh, yeah. Oh, did so, you get pictures of that? Mm-mm. Oh, that would have been nope, awesome. I know. Someone's probably got some. Yeah, that is actually. awesome. But yeah, so it's still there. It's still just an empty piece of land, very high profile area, mm-hmm. very affluent neighborhood. People still have massive signs up in their yard. And um, and the developers say they're still going to build it. But, so that's uh, the last article I read from you on that, I should say, was that um, you were updating kind of what was going on and the developers mm-hmm. said they were still going to build. Yeah. Uh, and... Um, I think they're waiting for a lawsuit to be settled. It was something that was holding them up right. to start. Yeah. Now right. I think it's, um, I think they're waiting just to get their financing. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, and, and while this is going on, there was the, you know, the, the, the great recession. Right. And right. It might have saved them. Of it, apartments. Yeah. It yeah. might have saved them in, in, in certain aspects, even though they yeah. spent uh, a whole lot of money on, uh, what you got? So, I teach at Prairie View A&M University. Shout out to Prairie View Graduate School uh, in real estate and community development. Mm-hmm. And so I teach a community physical structures class, which is kind of urban planning 101. And I still use that as one of my weeks uh, on to talk about, uh, since it's a community development class, um, to talk about uh, how the community and developers mix, mm-hmm. uh, basically. And I have them read that article, the original yeah. articles and a couple articles, your articles that, that are linked to. And then I have them discuss, basically, you know, um, the pros and cons mm-hmm. and, and, and look at it from different perspectives, whatever. So it is, it is a master class yeah. in, in development. Wow, and is a, yeah. It's a great case study. It is a case it study. Is a, That's a exactly what I use it for. Case study. Yeah. You should have them next time. Listen to the podcast. I will. I mean, I'm add that to the, just because no, no, no. they will get to hear the developer from the developer's side. side okay. What, you know, what yeah, cause the, it's they easy to find what the resistance is talking on. If yeah. you just do Ashby high rise, Google, Right. You no, know, you'll you'll right. find plenty of websites and blogs. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. You don't normally hear from the developer, other than maybe in quotes and you know articles mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So right. I will do that. Yeah, yeah. and it, it was yeah, it was a fascinating interview. Yeah. And, and I'm you know, well, yeah, kind of you know, it speaks for itself. But it was a two part episode. The first part we just talk about kind of the background. Right. And then we interview the developers. The so. developers. So that's two. One more. What, what are you thinking? One more. Um, gosh, it's hard because. I'm sure I'm missing yeah, and so I'll many, put you on spot so too, many so. big ones, yeah. but just, um, I don't know, maybe just kind of the, how the, the housing markets changed, how mm. Houston has always been known as a cheap place mm-hmm. to live and to buy property. Yes. And that is not the case. Not so much. Not, not so much anymore. Even like the woodlands, you can't, you, people can't afford to live in the woodlands and it's, you know, 30 miles outside of downtown. So when I first got the HUD contract, um, uh, and for those of you uh, that don't know, the HUD contract was the contract to list all the HUD foreclosures in Houston. There were two brokers uh, in Houston. We used both list about 100 properties a month, plus or minus. This is 06, 07. The average price of a HUD home was about $85,000, 06, 07. Mm-hmm. The median price of a home in Houston at that time was hovering between, say, 115 and 125, mm-hmm. right? Median price now is 200, mm-hmm. 200 plus, actually. Yeah. Yeah. To 225 or 220, yeah. something like that. That's, in t- that's like in 12 years. Yeah. <laughs> right. So the new affordable house, um, and I feel for folks, I get, uh, still get some residential calls in the office, and, you know, you get a teacher or, you know, middle class worker looking for, I man, just, you know, if I could find something, 130,000, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there thinking, like, 
you know, there are some stuff, there is some stuff at 130,000, but to be honest with you, it's probably in areas that would be difficult, you know, uh, uh, for you to live in. And so, but at the end of the day, it's almost impossible, right? impossible to, to, to find an affordable house. And I consider affordable from a layman's standpoint of kind of plus or minus 150 now. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how uh, that has changed mm-hmm. from, you know, what, low 100s or late, you know, under 100 mm-hmm. to now 200 Yeah, uh, plus. Yeah. It's amazing. I know. I mean, and, and like you said, the people who are, who are working mm-hmm. full-time good jobs, mm-hmm. They cannot afford to live near mm. near their work, mm. and no. it, it's it's it just seems so unfair, right? You know, right. Right. Uh, I mean, as as a journalist, or they're or they're living way way out, like right. way out, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so they're having to commute, right. and you know, and yeah, I mean, we could go on and on, but, right? But it's a it's a big affordability crisis, right. I guess that that. That's Do you the see thing. any solutions in 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 people you've interviewed or things you've seen that? All of us may not be privy to as to I know the mayor's trying to you know doing the complete communities mm-hmm. uh, deal. Uh, I heard your podcast and I'm familiar with because of some business interest uh, about you know what's going on with the city of Houston housing uh, and the yeah. lower, lower board and the land bank uh, board, um, which was an attempt. Uh, right, uh, we can have a whole other podcast on that oh, alone. Yeah. Uh, but uh, do you see anything out there that's actually working to 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 try to fix that? Gosh. I don't. I don't think so. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, um, you know, we've got we've got a lot of land that's undeveloped, mm-hmm. close in, mm-hmm. just sitting dirt, there. Call it, yeah. You know, people can can own land and just hold it right. for as long as they want, and, right? And get a good return on it, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. From an investor standpoint. Right. So since right. I do more commercial real estate now, in fact, I'm about to list a city block uh, that's close to downtown uh, now. Um, you know, uh, but I'm. The, the list price is going to be like $3.5 million for wow. for 1.4 acres, right? It's a whole city block. Where is that? Uh, in, uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's in the 77004 right next to, to downtown uh, yeah. area. Uh, and so, uh, but that's like 52, 52 to $54 a square foot. Mm-hmm. I've seen comps at like $70 oh, a square yeah. foot. The closer you get to downtown. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so uh, I say that to say, that behind this block that I'm about to list uh, is a senior housing um, mm-hmm. um, that's just been built. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and it's built within the last three or four years. Uh, but it was community development in their capital stack, which is how you know they get their money from bank and then some other folks, uh, was heavily subsidized uh, by you know the federal government and things of that nature. To me, the solution to them being able to do, and that's another need, by the way, that I've seen in the market is senior, senior housing. Yep. It's senior sure. affordable housing. Right. I'm sorry. Right. Senior affordable housing. Right, right. Uh, and that's a lot of seniors, especially in gentrifying areas like Third Ward, um, Fifth Ward, who own their homes, mm-hmm. own their homes. Mm-hmm. But the taxes yes. have gotten to the point where they're having to make you know difficult decisions to give up the family home or sell the family home. And then right. that's all they have. And then where so do they go? Where do they go? Right. So um, and so facilities like this, I think, could be appropriate. Uh, but it's difficult for a senior to be in their own space mm-hmm. you know, for all this time, and now I'm basically an apartment complex. So yeah. it's a whole, yeah, yeah. it's a whole, um, you know, you, 
a lot of seniors can't go out to like the Dale Webb communities. You know, I don't know mm-hmm. if you're familiar with out mm-hmm. in uh, in Richmond where yeah, they're uh, super nice, but they're for nice. you know you need you need to have <laughs> a, a pretty so, some, pretty good some, bank account exactly. to live there exactly. in all those places. They're exactly. they're for a select few, I feel. But we just have we've got a lot of land, and we I think we we could use more density and right. Well, that's a whole nother. Uh, again, we're gonna have to have a whole nother conversation as to to density. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm doing a personal project. I'm building two duplexes in Sunnyside mm-hmm. because I believe that a, a part of the affordable housing mix should be affordable rental housing. Mm-hmm. We always look at home yeah. ownership, and to be honest with you, I've been in this for 20 years. Not everybody's a homeowner, right. nor should, nor want to be right. a homeowner. Right. Uh, but my original plan was to build two fourplexes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, nice, not you know anything. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, because of our density rules, I can't. Right. So if you notice every four every fourplex to to eightplex in the city of Houston, um, typically that's in the city limits. Uh, typically, um, uh, is, is is nineteen I think nineteen sixty or sixty five is kind of yeah. like the last the time last, you see right. those the, being built yeah. from a year built standpoint. And mm-hmm. something happened in sixty seventies where we changed our density rules, mm-hmm. and therefore you can't build that anymore. And so. That to me is an easy solution. That's an ordinance, right? Right. right. That's an ordinance. Say, hey, now I can. See anytime you go over three units under one roof line, it becomes commercial code. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so now I have to do sprinkler system. I have to have ingress and egress all the way around the building. So I'm not going to build a fourplex that's that, that basically is making me build a fourplex like a 200 unit apartment, apartment complex. complex. It, yeah. it makes the economics right. bad. It makes no sense. Yeah. So sorry, that was soapbox. Uh, <laughs> No, that there, a, but, that, that's a great topic, though, yeah. to talk about some of the, the ordinances that could be changed, you know, just kind of slightly to improve, maybe really improve our quality of life. People yeah. have been talking a lot about parking lately and, and about, you know, accidents and driving mm-hmm. and and um, just these requirements that mm-hmm. that the city has for to have all this parking. And right. like it, a lot of it is, at you know, at bars and right. restaurants where it just... It seems counterintuitive. Yes, it does. It does. Um, the uh, new whole new urbanism movement uh, yeah. in 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 walkable spaces and things of that nature. And now that we are starting a, a, a rail line, like you know the ratio of you know depending on the type of use. I just did a, a restaurant, and it's uh, I think it's four per one thousand, four parking spots okay. one thousand. So we really couldn't for this uh, restaurant, the building we found, um, uh, we had a uh, it was an inline space. We had an issue because uh, there were three other restaurants in the center. Uh, and so they had used up all the parking, even though the center parking was, you know, there was no, it was going to be right, no problem. Right. So we had to, uh, to get the architect to give get us a exception for bike. We had put a bike rack. Uh-huh. And so if you put a right. bike rack, that bumps it down a you little bit. You don't need as many parking So we got spaces. through because of that. Yeah. So, yeah, um, so yeah there, there's a whole lot of stuff. So uh, in the tradition of African-American and black church, as I come to a close, uh, that's what the preacher says at the, okay. at the end of the sermon, um, uh, I just wanted to uh, just see... Where do you see uh, maybe some of the bigger items, uh, and that sounds like one of them, affordable housing, going forward from a real estate standpoint, uh, you know, in the next uh, upcoming year since you're a real estate Yoda and you get to see everything? <laughs> no pressure, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a, a continue to be a big topic. And right. I mean, um, our, our reporters at the Chronicle who have been covering the city and mm-hmm. the affordable housing programs, mm-hmm. Mike Morris and a bunch of other folks there. They've been really, they've been on it. Yeah, I heard him on, on one of your podcasts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, talking so, about the Laura uh, situation. So. Right, and so as long as we have people 
you know, in 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 my profession at the Houston Chronicle, mm -hmm. at the you know all the publications in town mm -hmm. that are, you know, that are that are looking at these issues mm -hmm. and and shining light on on things and 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 doing it for the betterment of our city, you know, then things have, have got to improve sure. and it might be incremental improvements, but, um, when, you know, I, I don't know if that, so, that doesn't answer your question. No, 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 it, it answers it. It answers it. And this is a, a different question. Again, we're coming to a close. Nancy, you're so sweet. How do you do difficult interviews? Like when you're doing investigative type stuff, like you're just a sweet spirited person. So I can't imagine you like, no, tell me the truth. Uh, sorry. Yeah, I yeah. hit the, I hit the table. I broke the rule. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, like, because I'm assuming you've had to have contentious interviews, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, right. I've had a few. Does that are you cool with those, or, or is yeah? Is what it I is? mean, I, I am. Those are those are fun, you know. Yeah. I, and no, I'm not a confrontational person, and right. I'm not going to yell at someone. I'm right. going to um, do my best to get them to tell me things. Right. And um, you know, especially with developers, because developers can be, you know. Very, we like ourselves a lot. So, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, one of a journalist's best uh, best tools is is um, silence. I guess when you ah, when okay. you ask a question to someone, you and they don't want to answer it. Mm -hmm. They just just be they quiet. Do this. And mm. there's silence. And the person that asks the question usually feels like they need to fill the silence. They jump like, in, right? Well, maybe you know, mm -hmm. just. You you just have to be silent and mm -hmm. wait wait for them to answer. Mm -hmm. And if it gets uncomfortable and awkward, then so be it. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm I you know I I don't I like, like talking. I, I I like <laughs> so asking questions, yeah. but I don't need to feel I don't need to hear myself talk. Right. You know I don't need to fill fill the air. So right. um so that you know that helps. That just helps somebody in their relationship. I'm just gonna go off <laughs> on a tangent here uh, that uh, uh, somebody's gonna ask their their significant other a question and significant other's not gonna want to answer. Nancy just told you just be quiet. <laughs> That's just right. just be quiet, and eventually they're gonna say, and then you listen. Am I? Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm co-opting her for another whole thing because that's what we're doing in real estate of life. No, it's funny. I had an issue last night, in fact, <laughs> <laughs> where I, I I would have appreciated silence more than you right know, the words that were that were spoken. But um, yeah, but no, it, it's real. Uh, I, I just learned something. I learned that's that's what we do in the real estate life. We teach you uh, stuff just just about life and, and real estate. Nancy. Yes. I appreciate this. This has been like awesome awesome this was on my um podcast but um bucket list uh, oh, to have wow. you on well i'll um, have to have you on mine and i've really I, I would, enjoyed well, it yes and yes. i've I listened to some of your earlier episodes and really like what you do i feel like you're definitely a teacher and oh, thank I, you. I loved your five things to know about commercial and residential oh good yeah and yeah those were great and thank just, you thank you thank you i we're gonna end right there because i don't i want that i just want that to float in the air uh right there uh a um a compliment from Nancy Sarnoff uh, from the Houston Chronicle. You can check her out, uh, obviously, at thehoustonchronicle.com, at cron.com. Uh, also, uh, the Houston Chronicle um, podcast page on iTunes uh, for, uh, is it Looped In? Yeah, yep. Looped In. Uh, and I just, again, thank you so much for, for being with us. Uh, and uh, hopefully, at some point in the future, we'll be able to have you back and talk about some of the other stuff that we brought up. Because I think we could talk for quite some time, just yeah. on general stuff. Yeah, so. I know. This is really fun. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So, 
guys, next week, Nancy Sanoff is going to spend another week. No, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Third thank, part. <laughs> the third part, yeah. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in as always. Uh, please, please, please uh, share this with your friends. Uh, you know, I sent out the e-blast. If you guys are interested, obviously you can um, subscribe on uh, Apple iTunes, Google Play, and wherever you get your podcast. And this is The Real Estate of Life with Kevin Rouse, and I will see you next week. Hey, thanks for listening as always. Do you have questions about any of the topics I'm talking about? If you have questions, let me know. Email me at kevin at kevinriles.com. Again, that's kevin at kevinriles.com. I'm going to do a podcast just on the questions uh, that you guys are sending to me. So feel free to send them to me. Again, that's kevin at kevinriles.com. 